How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sean and Matt show. My name is Matt, that is Sean, and welcome to our show. Sean, in today's yeah. episode, we're going to be talking about a growing share of home listings that are going stale as the market cools. Mm -hmm. A new report from Redfin. We're going to be talking about the one zip code in Northern Virginia where prices have increased by, drumroll please, 43%. In 2022, four, three, four, three, 43, like almost 50%, wow. like the median sales price has increased almost 50%. And then it wouldn't mm. be the Sean and Matt show without talking about the metaverse <laughs> and what Mark Cuban thinks about the metaverse and me buying real estate oh, in Matt. the metaverse. Just got a haircut and one of the hairs got caught on the neck mm, that's always is a comfortable feeling the isn't most it? painful annoying <laughs> stupid thing in the world okay let's start with a article and a study from redfin that states that a growing share of home listings are stale as the market cools redfin says it's stale when it's been on the market for 30 days or longer without it going under contract and the study essentially says that in the month of July, stale listings, houses, properties that have been on the market for 30 days or longer increased by 12% in that month. And Sean, I, I guess my question is, should we be surprised by this? Because at a certain point, we know that we are operating under extremely low interest rates in the first Q1 of uh, 2022. We know that there wasn't much supply in Q1 of 2022. And now interest rates have gone up by almost 3% since the beginning of the year. Um, su supply is now is now back, it's, right? There's more houses that are on the market. And the economy is is shakier. You know, I'm not an economist, but it's shakier than where it was a couple of months ago. So is this all surprising? And then, you know, is this should this be more normal where our houses should take, you know, 30 days to sell? It, it should take, you know, 40 days to sell. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, to really dig into this, you have to go back to how it started. Right. And and we were forced with a pandemic is something that has never happened before in our lifetime. And so what happened for that few those few months? Everybody was locked down. They were in their houses. They weren't buying real estate. So think about that six month period. Right. Where we were all sitting at home and no one was doing every, anything. We were I was still showing houses and we were still selling things. But there were a lot of scared people. There were people that didn't want to leave their house. There were houses that didn't want to be shown. So well, what, your house was one of the ones that didn't want to be shown. You took exactly. it off, you took it off the market. I was yeah, so I was going on the market. I put it on the market the day everything <sighs> shut down. It was the worst timing ever. And how was I supposed to know that the, a pandemic was going to hit and everything was going to shut down, right? But it happened. And so I ended up pulling my house off the market because it was so slow. Put it back on the market cuz my wife yelled at me and <laughs> we ended up selling it, you know, but but the truth is what happened during that 6 month period? There were so many people that were just sitting back. So naturally, the next thing that happened is all these buyers started coming into the market. But the sellers were still like, I don't feel comfortable having people in my house, right? I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable. So a lot less people put their houses on the market. Buyers kept flooding. Buyers, I got to get out of my house. I got to get out of this one bedroom. I got to start moving. I got to get something bigger. I want a yard. Sellers were like, uh-uh. You're not coming into my house, right? Then things started opening up and sellers started getting a little more comfortable and they started putting their houses on the market. And that's when the explosion happened. And that's when things went nuts. And that was coupled with 
historically low interest rates. So people were like, all right, this is free money. Let me dive in. I know that if I buy now, it's a great investment, blah, blah, blah. So everybody was going crazy. And this happened for a good two years, a year and a half, whatever it was. But now we're seeing everything slow down. And we've been saying, all right, this has to slow down at some point. What are going to be the factors that slow it down? And the number one factor that slowed it down was the higher interest rates. So all that whole time for two years, values were going up 25%, 40%. You know, they were just popping like crazy. But what didn't pop was the interest rates. Now that the interest rates have popped, people are saying, wait a second, now I have to pay how much for the same house that I was going to buy a couple of months ago? Mm -mm, no, I'm, I'm pulling out, right? So now all these buyers have pulled out. They're saying it's too expensive. So naturally what has to happen? Well, things are going to sit on the market a little longer. Sellers are going to start pulling their prices down because a month ago it was $315 higher in, you know, um, a month more to buy it two months later. So we're going to have to drop our price to get down there. I'm not saying this is the same with every single listing, but it's not surprising that this happened when, when interest rates go up two and a half percent compared to, I mean, we were talking about this earlier in the year and we're like, oh, it's going to go up a percent over the year. It went up drastically so quickly. Naturally that is going to stop things, but is that healthy? I think it's actually good that this happened because we were we were running on an engine that couldn't keep up and naturally it could have exploded but by doing this it was it was slowly stopped it was slowed down there are still houses that are selling but it's more of a normalized market i think 30 days is fine right if i have the property on for 30 days i'm happy you know that it's gone in 30 days that was normal for so many years to have 15 contracts in one, you know, one weekend going up a hundred and some thousand dollars is ridiculous. So in my opinion, this is a good thing. Um, I think, like I've said before, some of those smaller cities are going to be hurting pretty soon. Um, but this is also seasonal too, right? So seasonality kicks in the really hot times of the year. And a lot of people are gone. Every August is slow. So in here, in, in Northern Virginia anyways. So. Sean, have you ever seen that um, uh, cartoon? It's like a train cartoon where the train is going along and then the person is like building the track like right in front of it. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what the housing market was in Q1 of 2022. Like that train was going so fast that you know the cartoon character had to build the train so quickly oh, yeah. in front of it. And I think what's happened is instead of the train you know, going over the edge and crashing or whatnot, the train has simply slowed down a little bit and allowed, you know, the, the workers, right, the, the buyers, the sellers to to take a deep breath. And it's a great analogy, actually. I mean, that's exactly how it feels. And thankfully, it didn't go over the edge. Right. It was pulled back just in time. And, you know, you, you had mentioned interest rates. So it reminds me, I'm, I'm, I'm working with a buyer. He's interested in a condo. It's at 450. And if he had looked at this condo in Q1 of 2022, the same monthly payment, I think right now the monthly payment's around like 2750, 2780. That same monthly payment with the interest rates in Q1 would have been around 410, $420,000. But is this seller of this luxury condo going to sell this property for $40,000 under what they're asking? Probably not, right? They'd probably end up renting it out for another year or doing something along those lines. So that's another consideration. And then another note I made on this, uh, you know, this study, which essentially says that two thirds, about 61% of houses have been on the market for about, you know, 30 days or longer. This is a nationwide study, right? This right. is, um, 
you know, specifically the United States. So it doesn't take into account Northern Virginia, D.C., Arlington, Falls Church. Well, it, it does, does, it does, but, yeah. but it it doesn't uh, zero in on those areas, Sean. And so I guess my my final question on this note is: How as agents can we properly prepare our sellers? Because we can tell them that the buyers aren't there. We can tell them that interest rates are higher. Are, are we taking like a multiple of days on market? Like if a neighboring property sold in five days, are we saying, hey, it's going to take five times as long or it's going to take a month? Or if, if a property is selling for $500,000 a couple months ago, are we looking at that, the new monthly payment of what that payment used to be with the lower interest rates? What's the best way of setting expectations for the sellers in today's market? Yeah, first, uh, this isn't the market that was three months ago, four months ago. You have to be strategic about this now. Uh, properties usually will not sell in that first weekend. Now, we've had plenty of examples that they will, they do. Uh, it really just depends on the buyer that's out there that's waiting. But let's just say that there's a lot fewer buyers for that. So what I'm telling my clients is like, listen, it's probably going to take between 30 to 45 days to sell your property on the long side. We're, we're just moving a decimal point. Instead, yeah. of, instead of three, three it's, four, it's taken 10 times 30, as longer, basically. Yeah. That's, I mean, a, that's a conversation. Yeah. Or, or maybe not quite 10 times because a lot of times you could have sold it in three days, right? But a lot of times we would keep it to six. Um, so, you know, you got to think it's going to take five times as long probably to sell your property. So it's not just one week. It's four or five. That's days. scary because I don't know if there's like a blanket, hey, if it took 21 days, it's now going to take 100. Yeah, and there's not a blanket way of yeah. doing that. And like I said, you know, house came up on this on my street last week, gone that weekend. You know, there are pockets that are still heavy. And, and you I, know, our our Northern Virginia area is, there are going to be areas that are going to be popping. Right? I, yeah, I, I would, I'd maybe walk it back now that we're talking about it because fantastic Cape Cod came on in, in North Arlington and, we put in an amazing offer, went 100k over, 12 offers on it, and lost. And that's so that's like, what I'm saying. Is it's this like, is just is this January? Is this February? Here's the thing: is um, where are properties always hot inside the Beltway, Arlington? Right there. I mean, that's why I live here. That's why we live here. It's it's just a really great market, and it's a great place to live. It's convenient to so many things, and that's where. You know, a lot of people have moved moved out to to buy larger plots of land and cheaper things, but the scarcity is inside the beltway. And so the, you're always going to have those buyers looking there. And so now that they know that buyers are able to get in, you know, they're going to be jumping at these Arlington properties. And and a lot of times these Arlington properties are, are saying, all right, well, let me price it maybe a little bit lower than I was expecting. And let's see what happens. You can't always do that because you just don't know how many buyers are going to come. So keep in your mind, if you're pricing something, you might get that price. You know, if you're pricing low, you might just get that price. Um, but you know, if you make the property look really good, if you're in a great location like that Cape Cod was, it's gonna pop, it's gonna happen. But you know, there are other examples, like there's a house that I just, go ahead. Yeah, well, how many fully renovated Cape Cods, single family detached with a backyard or walking distance? Was that to in Ashton Heights? Boston. Um, no, it, no, it was, I know the subdivision, I'm just blanking on it yeah. right now, but it, it was a single family house walking distance to Balson. Price that point? doesn't come up. Um, 900, 900 grand. That's yeah. a really good price. Starting for price. An, yeah. Starting price. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a single family home that you said was nicely renovated on a nice plot of land, probably walking distance to Boston, yeah. right? 
for $900,000 is really tough to find. Because the townhomes in Boston are like, you know, one, three or so, or, or maybe, right. maybe one, two, one, four. So that's the thing is if you price it right, people will come, they'll flock. But right? if you price it right, it's more than that. There's not that many single family detached, fully renovated single family houses with a backyard that just come up. Those don't grow on trees, that's right? right? So that's right. It, it is more of like the commodity based units, right? The condos, the, the cookie cutter townhouses that maybe are taking a little bit longer. Right. The condos, there's plenty of them, um, plenty to choose from. They're going to sit. The, the single family homes that are renovated and priced fairly will pop. There are plenty of houses that I'm still watching, even in the 700s that are sitting. And why is that? It's either on a main road or it's not redone. And what do buyers want right now? They want redone. You have to do it or else it's going to sit on the market. And the other thing is don't overprice. You know, this isn't the same market that it was three months ago. And there's a prime example of it. And I won't, it's, it's on a main road. It's redone. Really nice listing, beautiful inside, but they priced it too high. Is it on a main road of the first president of the United States? Um, who was that? No, no, it's not. It's on, um, yes, it is. Yes, it's is the it? last name, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so. Wait, is it? Is on, it more on in your neighborhood or more in my neighborhood? Closer to mine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like the thing is, it shows really well, but when I saw the price, I was like, all right, this is Who cares if we sit. say the street name or the address? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's on Washington Boulevard, right? I showed it. I was very nice to him. I said, I think it's overpriced. You know, he, they did a great renovation on it, but you know, on a price per square foot basis, and there's there's certain things wrong with the home. What'd you right? think of the the stones on the entrance? Yeah, I mean, eh, whatever. It was built in there. I mean, it's it, I kind of liked it it. it. it adds it's a little different. cool feature, right? I thought it was kind of cool. But the problem with that house is there's two bedrooms on the top level and then two bedrooms on the second level. Right. I haven't physically been. Oh yeah. Inside. That's how it is. And then there was it. like a weird, like washing machine area that was kind of out in the open and it just didn't work. Well, well I brought up Washington Boulevard because I had a, a, a client who was looking to buy and he's like, Hey, what do you think of this one? And I was like, hard, no, hard. No, it's, it's on Washington Boulevard. The part of it where it's a highway. Some, some parts are a little bit slower. This part was not. So like first time home buyers buying on a busy road, not a good Yeah, because bit. those houses always come up in the next two years. They're coming, there's properties that we see sell over and over and over yeah. again. You know, it's like, don't do it, just wait. All right, well, we could clearly talk about the market for, yeah. for hours. So let's move on to our next topic. This comes to us from Urban Turf, the Northern Virginia zip code where prices popped 40%. Sean, we are hitting 22307. Wow. Think Bellevue, Bell Haven Country Club. You ever played at? At Bellhaven. I have not played at Bellhaven. It looks really nice. Um, and I mean, it's in a great location. Uh, I know those townhouses directly across from it, right on Bellhaven Boulevard. Mm -hmm. They used to pop. They used to, they always had a pretty high price right there. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great location. And for some reason, like right there mm -hmm. always gets a really high price comparatively to everything else around. Um, so Urban Turf came out with a study that this zip code, Bellhaven, Bellevue, where the median home price rose 43% in 2022, the median home price is now 655. So that clearly tells you that there's a mix of condos, townhouses, and single family homes. I want to say that like the most expensive single family home was, was in the mid to high twos. 
so it's not some astronomical price we do have a good mix so if you're think if you're looking at that duplex style you know like 1940s like literally a duplex yeah you can grab those for about five hundred thousand dollars which is actually like a really good deal sure you're outside the beltway but you're just a, a quick drive into the city and it's it's an under tapped underserved market i think you know, you, you go on great schools, right? And, you know, great schools has such a strange way of going about grading the schools. But uh, I think last time I checked, the, the schools were a little bit lower according to great schools um, in this part of town. So I think that's what's always been holding it back. But if you drive down the GW Parkway south of the Beltway and towards the Fort Hunt area, Beautiful housing beautiful. inventory, beautiful drive, and nice an absolutely fantastic area that has seen almost like a suppressed suppressed amount of appreciation that you know we're, we've now seen um, this year. Yeah, and while I'm rambling, can you do me a favor and jump onto the uh, onto Bright and just pull up to to that zip code and go back maybe ninety days or something like that? I just want to see something and see if my theory is correct. Um, okay, Sean's got a theory. So, uh, what I want to talk to you about that zip code is it's got you know uh, a ton of condos that are built in the 1940s, right? And these are typically they used to be in the 200s. So there was a lot of room to move because it is a great location just south of Old Town Alexandria. You've got um, the the river right across the street. You've got How far back up, am I going? Just three months or 60 days. I don't know. Okay. And then you've got another group uh, of really small, tiny single family homes called Bucknell Manor, right? Bucknell Manor, uh, actually Mike Lanziski, one of our agents sold two up in there this year and uh, he renovated one and, and um, got really good prices for them. But the thing is they were priced in like the 500s, some of them in the 400s for a single family home on a decent lot. Yeah, they're smaller homes, but you know, there was room to move there, right? There was room to move because the prices were still low. Now, my other theory is that there was probably an influx of new construction. Mm -hmm. um, and the new construction is probably what's pushing the value. Well, that's, that's facts. Yeah. That's like you, you had the condos that you mentioned and then you have new development because there's a lot of land down there's there. There's a we, lot we of saw land. Our stagers market ready. They have a, a, a warehouse around the Groveton, you know, mm -hmm. Hybla Valley area that get bought out and now there's going to be a bunch of, bunch of houses. So you do have a lot of inventory in the, the fives and even in the fours that are, you know, bringing down the sales price. And then you do have the influx of um, new uh, townhouse, new townhouse as well. But, th you know, this is also an area where you can get that. I don't want to call it a starter home because... Now, we did a show one time where it's like starter home is like a bad term. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that show, yeah. but like, because maybe this is like a starter condo that we're in, but I could be in a starter condo like for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like we're saying, the Bucknell Manor area, that's really, they're smaller homes. So it's a more affordable home. Um, and then, you know, you go just beyond that subdivision there, but then you've got a little bit larger homes on big plots of land, but you know, really desirable area along the river. It's a beautiful drive. If you've never driven the GW Parkway south of Old Town down to um, Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon. How it's about bike drive. it? You ever bike it? I have biked it. It's beautiful. What do you think about that hill? It right, sucks. Right, uh, at, at the end. <laughs> Dude, it's That's like, like you're almost you're like there. Riding, and all of a sudden, you, and there's a couple in there that you don't realize are hills. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, this is rough. Uh, but yeah, you get that breeze from the, you know, off the river. It's, it's a really 
beautiful drive. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. And Fort Hunt is a really cool area as well. I've I've shown some places down near uh down near Waynewood. Um, you know, you can make the argument that it is a little more isolated. It is. You do have to battle, you know, route one as opposed to maybe other major commuting routes that you could take if you were in different parts of the area. But mm -hmm. once you're like in the neighborhood, just absolutely fantastic place to be. Yeah, I used to live down there, right on Camden Street, right? Um, south of all those, but it was a struggle to get anywhere, right? I mean, it was like you could drive up the GW Parkway, which is always gorgeous, and that's the way I went because there's no lights. You're just straight up, right up to Old Town. Um, from that far down, it took about 15 minutes to get there. Um, but if you go Route 1, it's it's all lights. It's all traffic, you know, so you got to watch yourself. A couple other stats. Uh, percentage of homes sold in 10 days or less, 79%. 103% average sales price to original list price and 0.79 months of supply of homes for sale in June. So there you go. 22307 cool. coming in solid. Very good. All right, Sean, let's move to our last topic. This comes to us from Market Watch as well as a few other sites. Mark Cuban says buying metaverse real estate is the dumbest ish <laughs> ever. So. Mark Cuban, big Web3 guy, you know, he made his money right in the dot-com, boom, sell some website to Yahoo for like billions of dollars, stupid rich, owner of the uh, Dallas Mavericks. He's actually doing a lot of good things with like pharmaceutical uh, drugs and getting them at like really, really low prices to sell to consumers. I don't know if he's like making much money from that, but like a drug that was like $900 is now like $43. So great. Um, he's actually doing some good things. He doesn't just, you know, yell at Dirk Nowitzki, you know, on the uh, sidelines of the Mavs game. So he was recently on a podcast with Altcoin Daily on YouTube and I looked it up and I was like, this is probably going to be some weird channel. It's got a million subscribers. Crazy. They're doing, they're killing it. So shout out Altcoin Daily. And Altcoin was essentially asking Mark, like, hey, what's the metaverse? Like, what is it to you? Because Mark Cuban does do a lot in the in the metaverse and, sure. and things of that nature. And he was describing it and, um, you know, it got to the point where he was talking, Mark was talking about buying real estate in the metaverse, you know, these plots of lands. And he didn't come out right and say, you know, Decentraland or Sandbox or, you know, these these other ones that we've mentioned, Superworld. He didn't say Superworld because that's a, that's a disaster of an investment by myself. <laughs> But um, it was only $200, but it's uh, essentially he was saying it was the dumbest thing ever because there's no community. And he equated it to the dot-com, you know, boom and bust where it's like you're essentially buying a URL with like nothing there or like no plans to, you know, create a website or whatnot because you have to have – people you have to have the infrastructure you have to have a community for things to happen if you go out and just start buying land next to you know snoop dog well did snoop dog actually buy that land or was he sponsored and someone gave it to him for like you know an instagram shout out so um i think when we have talked about nfts and metaverse i i've even promoted one on on this here podcast which i i almost regret doing but we've also mentioned that it's it's money that you may never see again um and, and many of this uh many of these programs are going to go to zero and it's pure speculative investing which is a terrible way to invest so sean what are your thoughts on cuban calling buying metaverse real estate the dumbest ish ever i mean it's based on speculation too i mean he's thinking that that is what it is and he's got maybe a good argument um one thing I'll say is that, you know, it's a cool idea. It was a new idea. Um, and 
it boomed, right? And so maybe the money was made quickly and that was when you make your money, but maybe not. Maybe people will start going to it more and more. The, the tough thing is that it's a narrow market, right? Sometimes you have to have a certain cryptocurrency to purchase the cryptocurrency to purchase the plot of land in the metaverse. Um, so that's one stopping point for investors is that it's the barriers to entry is a little bit more difficult where, you know, my parents will never do it. Uh, the older generation will never do it because it's really difficult for Your them to do, right? Your parents don't have an AC. So, they're not okay, going to so, so they go started. out and buy an <laughs> NFT. <laughs> they actually started uh, one of the metaverses. But here's the other thing about that is that you can create as many metaverses as you want. It's like video games, right? It's like, hey, last year, Madden 93, I bought it. It was expensive then. It's worth nothing now, right? It was cool then. Is it still cool now? Right. And, and so that's the thing, the passage of time, if they're not upgrading and updoing things, then it's going to fall. And then there's always going to be something new and shiny. And maybe that new metaverse will be better and cooler. And, you know, um, I used to play a ColecoVision when I was young. ColecoVision doesn't exist anymore, you know, so it's kind of like that in a way, right? By the way, I'm on eBay. John Madden Football 93, lowest price, $350. Dang, I got it. Okay. So you can't tell me it's not worth nothing. All right. So so there you go. So maybe I'm wrong. Was it Sega Genesis? Oh, yeah. I got tons of Sega Genesis stuff. I got the roller controller at home. I got it all, man. You got a little eBay store in your basement yeah. or something. My, my parents' uh, attic, which my mom will never let me up there. Mom, but let me up there. <laughs> you sound like Will Ferrell and <laughs> mom, the meatloaf. Yeah. Um, but this is like a, a really good example because we're so early on that we don't know what we don't know, right? It's That's like, right. all right, yeah, let me buy a plot of, like, let me buy a block of land in this like weird well, robot listen, world. When when people don't know about it, they're going to push it down, right? Um, Mark Cuban doesn't really know much about that, I'm assuming. So oh, he naturally, knows so much about oh, okay. it. Oh, okay. He knows he's a like lot. A, but he's he's a huge advocate for it, which is why he's saying like buying real estate in it is is dumb if there's no like infrastructure behind it because you can always create like another metaverse yeah. so like what's the community and what's the utility surrounding right, it right and and that's the whole key is like we were saying you know you buy close to something that's happening just like in real real estate you buy next to places that you think are going to increase in value and increase in people coming into um but yeah i mean it's a tough situation because when you don't know about something or you're you know it's new just like when email was new people i remember that like clip on like us or what, what is, is the internet what is the are internet? we on the are internet on? now yeah exactly so it's kind of that forefront that we're in so this could totally change and one of these new these brand new sites could be the most uh the best investment ever we don't know that so yeah what i thought was interesting is mark cuban is a big web3 guy mm -hmm. and he's like yeah essentially don't buy metaverse real estate or it's like the dumbest thing ever so i don't know five years from now we'll, we'll play this clip and maybe we're all maybe living you'll be in a millionaire and maybe not and, yeah but yeah i mean i i'm not going out and, and buying more or less real estate in the metaverse because of mark cuban but um i, I think there's certainly better ways to uh in, not financial advice but better ways to invest yeah money. but you know what you, t you take a chance sometimes you take a chance and you don't spend too much money don't put the money that you need into it put something like you said just throw a little bit in there and see what happens right I've done that plenty of times with stocks and I lose. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe uh, keep watching uh, for real estate advice, not for uh, metaverse real estate yeah. advice. 
Okay, guys, uh, there we have it. Another episode of the Sean and Matt Show. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to hit the thumbs up button and hit five stars on your favorite podcast player. For Sean and myself, thank you so much for watching. Until next time, we'll see you then. Take care.